This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi guys and welcome back to your weekly Stoke City podcast, Every Step Along the Way. The podcast, as always, is supported by our friends at the Stoke City fans from all around the world Facebook group. And another action-packed show again this week, we'll have a brief chat about our loss, unfortunately, versus Bristol. Uh, We'll look ahead to the visit of Blackburn. As always, we give you a nice roundup of the news, highlights and views from around the club and get those pens ready with the return of the quiz. And this week's subject is Matthew Etherington. Cool, and uh, yeah, let's get kicking off then. So, uh, how's things with you, Dan? You okay? I am, mate. I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad. I'm not not bad at all, thank you. It's good to be doing this without having to half-mute myself every time I, I say three words and, and stuff like that after last week. Uh, finally over the uh, the bad chest and cough, mate. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the, the miserable performance versus Bristol has kind of kicked it out of me, to be honest, but... No, no, uh, really, really, really positive, mate. Um, I'd say it's nice to, well, I say it's nice. I wish we were talking off the back of a win versus Bristol, mate. That would have been nice, and I know we'll get into it, but how the hell, I don't know what happened to that game, mate. Uh, but anyway, before we get into all the fun and games, um, I just wanted to do something I've done for a couple of weeks. So just, again, thanks to everybody who's been, you know, kind of listening to the show. I mean, literally, I think it was last pod or maybe the pod before uh, we said, you know, we were nearing kind of like a thousand uh, listens since we um, started the pod up not too long ago. And uh, to be fair, you guys have absolutely smashed it out of the park. So we're, we've just kind of topped 1400 now. Um, and again, we've had people get in touch from, you know, Singapore, Canada, USA, New Zealand, etc. So it really is amazing. We do appreciate all the support. and We've seen the numbers kind of steadily grow. So it, uh, we do appreciate that, you know, you're managing to put up with the ramblings of two uh, typical Stokies. Uh, and we do appreciate everything. So, again, always feel free to get in touch on Twitter. Uh, it's every step along or every step along the way if you want to have a quick search for it. Um, and obviously, we always like to hear uh, your news and views. Um, so lovely. I mean, I guess kind of with, with this in mind, actually, Dan, just before we kind of move on to things, actually. So thinking we, we put a post out on, on Facebook and on Twitter, actually, about if anybody wanted to kind of come on the show, um, then they were uh, more than welcome to do so. You know, again, just to kind of give their thoughts and, and just basically have a bit of a, a laugh like we, you know, we, we particularly do. And um, there's quite a few people who've reached out, but we've got a chap who's going to be joining us next week. Uh, so that's nice to, to mix it up a bit, isn't it, Dan? 
Yeah, very much so. I mean, obviously, we've had Liam on, haven't we? And, and we've had Ben on. And uh, my dogs make a few guest appearances every now and again, don't they? <laughs> so, yeah, but um, like I say, it's, it's, it's going to be great to get our like new guest on and some different voices on there. Yeah, really uh, looking forward to it. That's it. And, you know, it's, I mean, I must admit, I'm quite happy that you've managed to grace us with your presence, mate. I mean, you've often been doing your <laughs> podcasting at, at Bristol. Uh, well, Bristol. Bloody hell, you are. You are I'm off already. Uh, you've already been on uh, Blackburn Rovers' uh, podcast tonight. Uh, you know, kind of doing back-to-back podcasts. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm glad you've managed to grace us with your presence anyway. So, uh, yeah, Excuse appreciate me. it. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm, I'm not Radio Stoke. You know, I'm not on speed now, Radio Stoke here. Hey mate, I'll put, if, I, if I've got you know uh, Lee Blakeman's personal number and he, he calls me up saying I need you to bail me out here, mate. You know, well, you know, it's, it's, it's what happens anyway. Never mind. Um, anyway, yeah. So uh, let's get straight into unfortunately more of the the miserable side of things. We're going to try and keep this as positive as we can, but we have to start off you know with the elephant in the room. So Bristol City. Um, I think well, I'm going to give you my views first, mate. I I, I think. It was strange. That first 30 minutes, I, I, I literally, I messaged you uh, and I also messaged my dad practically at the same time and said, I can't believe we haven't just scored a couple of goals within the first couple of minutes. I mean, obviously Fletcher heads the ball against the post in, what, 41 seconds, I think it would have been, something like that. Um, and I just thought, OK, this is an easy win by the looks of it. Uh, you know, no problems at all. But, geez, when... I think sometimes you're missing football. You know, everyone misses chances in football that 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 never changes but um i don't know about you but it seemed to be that as soon as we conceded that goal we i, I wouldn't say we panicked but we seem to have lost the ability to create many chances i mean second half was awful i mean a lot of running round but there was so many bad things i mean again let's, let's just take the midfield absolute disaster last night um now, I'm not in the Joe Allen, I hate you club. I'm not a member of that. Um, I still think he does a bit of the Glenn Whelan job where he goes kind of unnoticed. Um, and unfortunately, you know, Glenn Whelan was smacked around the head for not being good enough uh, because of that reason. But I, I'll give it to the people who, uh, you know, weren't happy. Joe Allen was an embarrassment last night. Um, and I'll, I'll add Romain Sawyers into that. Um, oh, Jesus. Allen drifted in and out of the game doing square root of naff all. Uh, Sawyers was so slow and laboured at times. I've talked about it previously. When the players around him are wanting to pick up the pace and get some pace, there's him just you know labouring around and we, we lose momentum. And then he tries this. How many times did he try a flick over defenders' heads and little, like, trying to do little flicks and tricks? And it's like, mate, you can't even pass five yards, so stop trying to mess around with that. Um, them two... Lost it in the middle for us last night. Uh, I thought Jacob Brown was fine. Uh, again, I think without him, we would have been really struggling for movement up front. Did nothing special, but uh, I mean, it is what it is. His, his job is is exactly what it what he does uh, every single week. So um, again, defence can't really actually fault the defence. We should have had a few penalties. The amount of times we could have had penalties from being pulled shirts, and um, I'll probably finish off with the kind of comment that I'm not interested and not bothered that Joe Allen has been sent off. I think he needs to know he's not number one on the team sheet and now he can't get on the team sheet. But um, I understand finally how peed off opposition fans were about us using the towel all those years ago, Dan. 
I really understand because it's a great tactic to waste time. Oh yes, isn't it just? And it really not only does it waste time, it also sort of does rile up the opposition fans. And I think it can be used as well to sort of distract. Like obviously the opposition players, like our players last night, you can sort of go obsessed with the fact that they're using this towel and they're wasting time, and take your mind off the actual like point that you're trying to get back into a game of football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's ironic that we actually conceded a goal from a throw-in as well, as the commentators yeah, love to pick up on that, don't they? Absolutely love it. And I, I, I'm just waiting for the comment every time. I, I, it was the same with West Brom. I was waiting for the, oh, you know, they, they used to have a Rory to laugh. You just know it's coming every single time. Um, I, was oh. half expect, I was half expecting the camera to cut to the dugout and Rory be applauding. That's a good long throw there. <laughs> yeah, and I think you, you've probably got to question the defence for their goal, I, I guess. Um, but, I don't know. You, you can start picking things apart very, very easily. I think the fact was we just didn't have any ideas. Again, a couple of highlights. Josh Tymon was brilliant, I thought. Uh, again, second half, none of them really were any good to worthy let's be honest they were very average but at least i mean that that moment that no doubt's going to appear on soccer am if that show's still going um is that kind of uh quick tippy tappy that that time and did and then put it through the legs uh, his, the legs of the defender that was brilliant and had fletcher not hit the bar with that header what a goal that would have been um just yeah just just class and again time that um and we talked about uh dota before we, we come on mate um alfie didn't really do himself any favors did he when, when he come on he, he was he, he was just again nowhere no touch no style no, no nothing um so he's not done himself any favors has he no he looks a long way away from the player that he was at the start of the season i know when we first you know, started in back in august he was playing the cup games and he was coming on for cameos at the end of league games and he looked like he was pushing time and and he was like, you know, probably contributing to time and good form because you know, he time knew that he had to be on top form to keep him out the side. Now I know he's picked up another injury recently, but since he's come back from that, he doesn't look the same player, unfortunately. And I mean, all we can hope is that he just needs a few minutes in his legs and the more he plays, you know, we're gonna get back. Because I mean he's got he's still got electric pace, hasn't he? And yeah. you know, he, Hopefully, he just needs a bit, you know, get his head up, get a bit of confidence. Um, but he, again, he seems, I, mean, I was saying then, once about the you know, long throw getting distracted by people using towels, he seemed to be sort of distracted and sort of looking for fights a bit last night, wasn't he? Rather than concentrating on sort of beating his man and putting a ball in, he, he wanted sort of physically battle with players and and um, yeah. he didn't just didn't seem to work for us. Now, I mean, we'll get on to, to, to Blackburn, won't we, later on. He, he may well come into the team this weekend. But I think the manager, if I... I mean, well, I don't know if his confidence is low. It might not be the best thing to tell him, but he probably isn't going to come into the side on merit more because there might not be any other option with how we set up. Yeah, and... I don't know, mate. I think Josh has just proven himself week in, week out. I think he'll he'll definitely be getting a new contract, Timon, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. And I know I know we spoke about this a number of weeks ago, uh, around some of the, the players on you know I think we've got a, quite a few players coming up to the end of the contracts uh in the summer, I believe. Or certainly next uh, summer. Uh, yes, I think sure. uh, 
I think is it everyone twenty four and above or something like that at the start. Everyone who was with his last season twenty four and above. I'm sure I read that at the start of this, the start of this campaign. Mm. Is that on this summer? Yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, I think he'll definitely get one. Um, I'm, I must admit, we don't. We I don't think we really need a massive turnover. I think most players will probably get an extension. I think the what they may very well do is literally just wait as long as they can to see exactly where we finish. Because I, I guess if we somehow, not somehow, that's probably a bit hard, but if if we do make it into the playoffs and then we get somehow, you know, get promotion, um, half of these players you wouldn't want in the, in, in the Premier League anyway. So I guess they don't want to kind of act too soon. Um, Josh Tamman, I think, deserves it regardless anyway now he's proved himself. But um, yeah, what did you think of, of Tyrese's um, cameo? And let's, let's let's bring Tom Ince into this as well, because there were a couple of the, the subjects that were coming up on people's lips last night. So what, what were your thoughts on them two when they, when they came on? I will just go back before we go there. I will just say Soccer AM, I've already retweeted Josh Tyrese's little fancy skill of nutmeg. Yeah, so that looks like it will be on the... Uh, on the skills bit on the on the program on Saturday morning, um, but nice. yes, yeah. uh, Tyrese, he, he's still he's not up to speed yet, is he? I think that's obvious for everyone to see. Um, does he look like he's any better than he was two three weeks ago? I'm not sure really. Um, it was nice that he pulled the trigger <laughs> and had a shot when he had the opportunity to, because I think there was more than one occasion last night. I mean, Doughty was one. Uh, I think Brown was another on more than one occasion, I think, who sort of delayed having a shot. I think Allen as well. They all, you know, could have had efforts, you know, put a shot in and decided not to. And then the, the chance was gone. And and the fact, I mean, I think he missed the target you know, quite a bit with, with the efforts he did have. But at least he was willing to just put his foot through it and have a go. And yeah. I think if we get the service to him, then, yeah, he's... Um, He's still obviously he's got the confidence. He scored last weekend, so hopefully, yeah, if we can put the balls in the right areas to him, he's he's probably our still our best option for for goal five in the back of the net. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. And um, I saw a comment about uh, you know Tom Ince as well um, on the uh, on Twitter the night. Um, someone slated him, and I, I do get it because he's you know he's a player that people have just given up on and I've given up on him in fairness it's not he doesn't interest me in the slightest I think if he if he disappeared tomorrow nobody would care less um but at the, at the same time um, I think Mark O'Neill would we haven't got any we've only got well, well, yeah <laughs> yeah I suppose that's the only saving grace I mean I know people moaned about him coming on but I think you said to me Dan though well what other choice did we really have last night I think he was the only midfielder on the bench wasn't he Something yeah like I mean we had that, yeah yeah, we, we we are we are short, aren't we? Obviously, Seam is out. Sorry, just suspended. And that only leaves us with three strikers. Obviously, like say midfielders, and that we haven't really got many wingers because that's not the way we're going to play. So, you know, obviously the manager hasn't recruited any because he's not he's not interested in sort of playing that way. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think with Ince, I mean, it was interesting that the, the we were commenting really wrong, weren't we? That the Sky Sports commentary said. That uh, the recent Q and A session that, that the the club had on YouTube and that they said uh, the players all said that Tom Ince is the most gifted player at the club, and it's it's just that like yeah if we can just unlock that 
I mean, we've been trying now, I mean, on and off here for, for like, what, was it three, four seasons now he's been here? Mm. Yeah. And, you know, he's been out on loan, he's thinking, and there's obviously a good player in there because he's done it time and again at this level, but he's, I think what's what, what gets the fans really more than anything is it's frustrating because you know there's a player. If, if it was somebody else and you thought, you're unproven, uh, you come along, they just might not be good enough. Do you know what I mean? They, they probably try, they try, they're just not good enough. That you can accept. Yeah. When a player, you know the talent's there. You know how how much of an asset they could be to your football club and how much they could help bring on the team and improve the side. And he's just sat on the bench or in the stands every week because he just doesn't perform. And it's just, I think, like I said, I think the main thing is it's frustrating with him. And I'm sure he's probably, you know, behind the scenes, he's probably frustrated himself that he doesn't, for whatever reason, he doesn't, you know, put the performances on the pitch that his ability shows. But You know yeah. what that reminds me of? Go on. Bojan. We've been on about this conversation, haven't we? But um, yeah, I mean, I'll yeah. have to prepare myself for this conversation because we are at very different ends of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think we'll leave that for next week. We'll, we'll work it in and we'll, uh, we'll we'll sort it out for next week. But um, yeah, me and you are definitely going to differ on Bojan. So um, anyway, that's fine. So I think we've done the Bristol game uh, very much to death. So. Um, Dan, I mean, again, Loney roundup. We, we had a really decent um, Loney kind of chat last week. We covered a few players, and obviously there's a lot of Matt on loan. But, um, I mean, there was one player that I picked up on, and I know you've probably got one, one or two things you want to add. But um, we've mentioned him previously, uh, so Ethan Varian, uh, who's been playing for Wraith Rovers, uh, or Roth Ravers, as uh, Jeff uh, <laughs> <laughs> likes to, likes to uh, call him. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're actually on a pretty decent kind of unbeaten run I mean I don't think he's really been smashing up the goal scoring records but I know that at the weekend he was again he was being praised by uh by the managers I think John John McGlynn I think is or McGinn, is, is the manager um and I think he kind of highlighted you know he managed to kind of bring on the fouls that effectively resulted in in the goals uh for them and they ended up beating Morton 2-1 so uh again he's He's shown himself to be quite um, handy. Whether he's a championship player, probably not yet. But um, yeah, I know that. You know, again, it's it's still it's still good to see news stories like that, isn't it, coming through from the youth? Because we know that that's going to have to be our model going forward. We can't, and we're not going to be able to spend the millions, you know, replace them like we used to. Yeah, I mean, we I think mean, we discussed it, Ethan, didn't we, last week, and said, you know. At Wraith, they do seem to have you know, they've only got the two strikers and they've both sort of been alternating between through the season, um, picking up when one's dropped off a bit of form and others come in. But um, Ethan definitely seems to have that shirt at the minute. And like you say, neither of them are scoring goals, but the midfielders are. So it looks like he's creating for others. And like I say, the manager's sort of backing that up there with his comments, isn't he? So it's it's good as well that he's learning. He's learning the game as a striker. It isn't all about scoring, putting the ball in the back of the net. You know, you, you can be just as uh, just as important to cog in the te- to the team by creating for others, winning set pieces, free kicks, throw-ins, corners. It's you know, and even like say, pity me, the opposition picking up cards. I know the opposition had a man sent off at the weekend, didn't they, against Wraith uh, for yeah. two yellows. 
it'd be you know it'd be interesting to see if he's involved in them and you know just picking up a lot of fouls there and stuff. And he looks, I say, he might not be championship level. He might not end up at championship level, but he's he's in a team there that are going, you know, they joint top with Kilmarnock now on points. So they're matching Kilmarnock stride for stride in the Scottish Championship. And he's proven himself to be quite a vital um, player in that side. So he's going to come back here probably full of confidence and a lot more streetwise than, than when he left. Um, it looks like he's there for the rest of the season. Uh, I know some other players on loan, um, just looking at him, I know the lads at Hartlepool. It was quite interesting because I saw when the under-23s played this um, last weekend uh, that the two lads, Will Goodwin and Eddie Jones, were both playing for the under-23s. And I know they haven't been getting much game time at Hartlepool. So I did, I did wonder whether we'd sort of terminated the loans. Yeah, I um, thought that. Yeah, so then, but then when I dug, dug into it a bit more, um, obviously the Hartlepool manager there has said that they've got a lot of games coming up and they've got a few injuries. So what he what, what he did was he sent them back to Stoke so they could get 90 minutes under the belts and go back to Hartlepool with a bit more match fitness because he wants to use them coming forward in the next like, few weeks. Um, so he's looking to put them into the side, and he wanted to make sure that they were sort of match fit. So it's quite, a, you know, quite a clever way of going about it, really. Um, it is, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Have you ever heard of that being done? No, not really. I know I've, I've heard of players who are out on loan training with the parent side, but that's really more usually to sort of keep an so that the parent club can keep an eye on the progress and see how they're developing. Um, but yeah, he, to, to actually send them back and ask to play them <laughs> in what is effectively obviously a modern day sort of reserve game, yeah, just so you can have them back a bit fitter. It's quite, you know, it's quite um, sort of forward thinking as well. And I, know, I think he's only the caretaker manager, isn't he? Because their manager leave for um, for a new club a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I think he's uh, sort of yeah, just just filling in and that, and if he's like say, a bit of forward thinking. So, well done. It's to a bit him, brave, mate. Because <laughs> if, yeah. if they get injured or one of the, one of them gets injured, he sent a player back who he's going to need, and he's got to sent it back to get injured. <laughs> that would have been quite an interesting uh, scenario. But yeah, no fair, fair dues. Like I say, he's he's clearly he doesn't want to waste them. So you know maybe that's part of the deal with Stoke. You know, if we do a good if we do a, a good turn to some players, then they'll loan us some more players in the future. So yeah, no fair enough. No no, no yeah, arguments I mean, from. So you just just mentioned a couple other players. We've we've got a, we've got a stack of players who we haven't sort of uh, mentioned yet on this loanee roundup. Um, just to say as well, I know like usually we do get audio, don't we, from about these. Uh, but a lot of these players now haven't really played more than a couple, you know, a few game a few games out on loan. So uh, it's obviously to get an audio sort of what they've played when. Might be a bit more difficult, or you know, it's difficult for somebody to give an overview on whether they might have only seen them once or twice. Um, so just yeah, just for people listening, wondering we are we are still carrying on with that. Um, but yeah, just to let you know, I know uh, Blondie, uh, the goalkeeper that we've got. Obviously, um, I'm going to butcher his name, unfortunately. Now I think it's Blondie Nanueku. But you're brave for even taking that on. That's why people call him Blondie. <laughs> yeah. Now. Just let everyone know, obviously, I mean, he went to Crawley in the summer um, and he was supposed to be going for the whole season. Now, it's interesting, he's a 20-year-old goalkeeper. I know he'd been on the bench um, for Stoke last season and he made his international debut as well. 
So he's obviously got quite, you know, high hopes for him and that. Obviously, you know, we, we sent him out on loan hoping that he'd get some experience and quite probably um, similar to how Joe Bursic was last season. You know, pick up some vital sort of, you know, match day in front of a crowd and that as well. And, you know, come back a better player for it. But he's only, unfortunately, he's only played three times. Um, so, so far, he's played in the EFL Cup. Uh, he had a 2-2 draw. Um, with Gillingham, and then they lost 10-9 on penalties in a shootout. So he, that was his debut. And then he's played two EFL trophy games, but they're both quite heavy defeats. I mean, they lost 6-1 to Charlton and 4-0 to Southampton's under-21s. Um, yeah, I mean, Crawley having a bit of a bad run as well. They've lost quite a few games in a row. And they're just above the relegation zone in, you know, in their division, just you know, a few places above. Um, so he's he's not really league games. He's been on the bench, and then he wasn't even on the bench for a while. Um, he's caught. I think he's wow. back as number number two now. But he's yeah, it doesn't look like he's having a great time there. Is that an indication of just how good he really is then? Because I'm, I'm, it's, maybe it's a bit harsh, but if he if he's struggling to even get on the bench of a Crawley team, who are way way below Stokes kind of level. I mean, you've got to question how good he really is then. And if it's not down to ability or not what he's showing them in training, then get him recalled because he's, waste, he's wasting his time. So it's one or the <laughs> other. Either we're wasting our time or he's not good enough. Yeah, I would say that regardless of whether... Um, he's not he's not playing and there's no real sign of him playing. And also their situation doesn't lend them to chucking a 20-year-old inexperienced goalkeeper in the nets, does it? So, it's probably better for all concerned if he comes back to us and we maybe find him a club, maybe another League Two club, or maybe somebody um, in even the National League or Scot- you know, the Scottish Leagues, yeah. like we were saying, Ethan Vary in there, um, you know, and try and get him just a few games, because it can't be doing him any good, can it? It can't be doing him... Oh, no. um, you know, it can't be doing his you know, how he's feeling about the game, how he's feeling about his own career, if he's like say not even getting on the bench. Well, that's just it. He's thinking, well, I'm a Stoke City player. I've I've come out on loan and now playing for Crawley, and I can't even get a game at Crawley. You know, you, you know again, we all know about mental health and stuff like that. You know, footballers aren't immune to that, and like you know, like you you rightly point out, mate. I mean, maybe he's not having a good time down there, and if not, as you said, get him back. If I'm sure we must have a clause to get him back, um, or you know maybe there's you know it's not so much of a clause at that kind of level. I don't know, but uh, well, yeah, generally, see, mate. I can't see Crawley putting up much of a fight though. If we asked for him, if we said, if we you know, Mark like will pick the phone up and said, I don't think this is working out for either. You know, it's not working. We're not getting anything out of it. You're not getting anything out of it, and the lads not really getting much out. Let's. So we just cut ties and you know we'll move on. You go get yourself another goalkeeper that. You know, maybe you can challenge your number one a bit better, and we'll go and find him another move somewhere else. Yeah, maybe in January, mate. That's what it is. Maybe it's just the case that they're going to wait till January and then sort that out. But okay, no, that's fair enough, mate. I mean, it's always, I say, it's always good to to get some overview in terms of the youth players because I know it's it's really on a topic that a lot of people really, really enjoy to listen about now. And I know that obviously everyone wishes we had better under twenty threes coverage, 
um, and you know I think there's there's different reasons why we don't. But um, you know, fing fingers crossed, uh, some of those lads keep kind of progressing because, as we've always said, that they are very much the future. And we've already proved with O'Neill in charge that you know they'll they'll get a chance. So that's positive. And speaking about players coming in, um, Bursic injury. Um, yeah, once again, another player injured on loan, not playing for Stoke, wasting our, just wasting our time, mate. I'm uh, sorry, but again, we are, I'm not going to go back over all ground about about internationals. We, I said before, I do enjoy them, but I absolutely hate them at the same time. Um, so again, Bursic, what was it? Three months he's going to be out for now. So we've lost Suter and we've lost him for a few months for absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. Stoke City's all I care about. I don't give a toss about England or or whoever they want to play for. Um, you know, my allegiance is with Stoke. And when they get injured out playing nothing games, that really annoys me. Because you know, that, 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 again, has the potential with those players. Maybe not Bursic, because we've got some good enough cover. Um, but when, we, when we've talked about Suter and co, we're now in a position where we're having to think about Really James Chester coming back in um, or, you know, maybe going out in, in, in January for another loan again. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm kind of going on a rant here, mate, but it, it's, it really gets my back up. Um, and you pointed out something really interesting earlier on, and I'll probably rear its head again later. But, you know, we we're really light on players right now. I think we've got 10 injuries now. Is it done? Something like that. 10 injuries. Nine, yeah, 10. yeah. We're based around that. Yeah. Or yeah. injuries and suspensions. Yeah. Injury and suspension. So the the squad's getting thinner and thinner. I don't think. When was the last time we put a, a same team out three or four games in a row? It, it, again, it doesn't help us, does it? I mean, no. it's just it's really frustrating, mate. That again, Bursic was starting to get a chance to make that position his own, and then we're back to square one again. I mean, Davis is good enough. We all know he's good enough to to keep us going, mate. But um, yeah, it's just something I wanted to bring up because it's, it's just really frustrating. Yeah, I mean, the thing as well is how, if you look at these injuries, I was actually discussing this with someone last night. The, the, how many freak injuries have we got? Do you know what I mean? They're, they're not even like normal, like just standard, oh, yeah, you've, you've, you know, you've sprinted and you've done your hamstring or something, or you've turned or there's a bad tackle. They're not like Nick Powell, right? How many times will so, somebody's gone for clear the ball, Nick Powell's knit the ball away? They've end up cracking him on the leg and broke his leg it's like <laughs> that's, not a, yeah. that's not a normal injury it's like Harry Suter you know like I say you watch that instance for Australia plants his foot to block a shot his knee you know goes out yeah that's probably a bit more you know those things happen Joe Bursic what was he doing warming the other goalkeeper up and, and he's you know he's, he's torn his quad muscle to the point where he's out for three months <laughs> what, what, yeah, all we so need I, now is a dog and you know yeah. Liam Lawrence style. That's all we need now, isn't it? Have you have you ever heard of a goalkeeper tearing his muscle, warming up the other goalkeeper before the game? So it's like dude, these these are and they like they're three vital that's the spine of our side. <laughs> that's the goalkeeper yeah. centre off and then in your best midfielder. Yeah, and we've still got a Tyrese coming back from a previous freak injury um, yeah. from, from last season. So, as you say, it's like the spine of your team. And, you know, you, when we have really annoying results like Bristol, you you can maybe look at these things and go, well, Luke, we're changing the team and key positions every week or every other week. It's really kind of unsettling. Maybe we're really not giving enough credit for 
for that type of situation at the minute and we just think we should we, you know we've got a god's given right to win every week maybe we're being a bit harsh at, at times but well i, I looked earlier on i looked earlier on and because I, I was thinking i'm like you know i, I won't see us beat blackburn on saturday and then i'll say obviously last night bristol city it's a tough place we never you know two tough games there bristol city blackburn that we have struggled with in recent years getting results against them too and, and I'm like, yeah, it would be nice to get some points, you know, get a couple of wins. But then that, I'm like, well, that'll be five wins on the bounce. In the championship, that's that's a really tough ask. So I actually yeah. had a look earlier on how many teams this, this season have won four in a row. So how many how many do you think? How many teams do you think have won four in a row in the championship this season? Well, I would probably guess that Bournemouth have done it. Bournemouth have Pretty done confident. it. Yeah, um... I'd say probably Fulham. A yeah, bit more nervous Fulham. about that one, but Fulham. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. more. There's two. There's two more. Two more. So West Brom. West Brom did right at the beginning of the season, and there's one more, which is a bit, which is a bit more sort of like left field. Uh, but look at the results. They were terrible for a long time. They had a great run, four consecutive wins, and then they were been a bit. It's iffy not Blackburn, season. is it? It's not Blackburn, no. I <laughs> <laughs> go for that. Oh, no, it's a bit, bit further down the league, Nottingham Forest. Oh, Forest, yeah, with the new manager bounce they had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they, they had a good run of four. But yeah, like I say, that's, you know, they were halfway through the season nearly, and there's only four clubs. So if we'd have beat Bristol City, we'd have joined them. And that just, that's what people need to sort of understand that this league, you don't, you know, winning back to back's hard enough without winning back to back to back to back. <laughs> and you know, yeah, I think it it is difficult, isn't it? Because you do go into every game and look at it singularly. But I I try myself to sort of look at groups, look at games in groups, and think, you know, from these five games, how many points do you want? From the next five six games, how many points? Because I know that in there we're going to pick up points where we aren't going to expect to. And we're going to drop points when you think we're going to be winning. We should be winning. And yeah, exactly. But Blackpool and Luton being the prime examples. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, and not many people. Let's face it. After those results that we had before, four defeats, throwing away three three nil lead against Cardiff, not many people would have said we go back to back. Luton and uh, Blackpool and Luton away from home and win with two clean sheets. No. No way. No, it wouldn't have happened, mate. But yeah, we, we've said this, haven't we, for weeks. It's just, we all get, we're all, you know, diehard stokies who get passionate about football. And yeah. you just, you see, you look at the table and think, oh, if we can win tonight, we go third. And <laughs> yeah. really, in the grand scheme of it, it we're going to change positions, as most teams are, for the next probably 10 games. You're going to go third, then you're going to go fifth, then you're going to go ninth, then you're going to go sixth. It's going to be all over. I think it, it matters. I think if we were, having these bad results and we're outside the playoffs, you know, come February time, I'm a bit more concerned, but I've got no problem with that right now. Again, Blackburn are one point off us and we'll come down to the head to head in a bit, but Blackburn are one point behind us. And it feels like Blackburn have kind of come from nowhere, but they haven't really, they've had some good results and all it takes is two or three good results in this division. And you fly up that table and also you drop in this table. Um, And we just need to, Roll with the punches, mate, don't we? Let, let's be honest. Uh, I was just saying there with Blackburn, um, you say they're one point behind us in the table. Yet, if you look at their away form, they beat um, they beat Derby recently 
and they beat Nottingham Forest. Getting a few mentions on this podcast today, aren't they? But yeah, they beat them. <laughs> they beat them in August, and they're there two. They're their only two away victories all season. So it's like, you know, Blackburn chasing the playoffs, only two away wins all year, and that's yes. and again, like say we we think we only have two, you know, two three away wins, and we're like the away form's not good enough. We'll never go up with this bad away form, but pretty much, you know, it, it's shown that we're not the only ones. <laughs> no, we're not, mate. Again, as you say, we look at things singular, don't we? And that that's just football fans. We're all, we all just live in the moment. We struggle to see the bigger picture sometimes. And I think we, as doing this podcast, I think we try and be as, as honest as we can, but I think we always try and give a, hopefully try and give a, bit, a, bit, a bigger perspective sometimes and right, rightly or wrongly. But you know, I think that's that's what I like to try and do anyway. But as you say, mate, let's roll the punches. I mean, who knows? We could, Blackburn, I, mean, I don't want to go too much into this Blackburn stuff, but that's going to be a difficult game at the weekend. Um, and if we end up winning that one, which the poll results are a bit more um, even this week, shall we say, Dan. So, um, but yeah, again, it can it can all change on on a head, can't it? So, um, I think one thing actually I wanted to bring up, which is completely separate, just to finish off the news um, kind of section for this week, we had the uh, <laughs> the halftime extension um, kind of news headline come out. I can't remember where it came from. But the powers that be were going to try and move the half time fifteen minutes to twenty five minutes. Uh, what do you think to that? Well, I'm very, very chuffed that I've seen today that it's been rejected. <laughs> oh, thank God! Yeah, thank God for um, that. Yeah, but yeah, I, 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 I struggle enough to sort of keep the kids entertained for fifteen minutes while they're off as it is. That was another ten minutes on there. What justification did they give, or didn't they give one? Uh, they want they wanted to allow for uh, Super Bowl style entertainment. Oh, and it was just literally we you know, we're not interested. Go away, and that that was their that was their reason for not accepting it. Is that right? Oh no, sorry, sorry. I, uh, that was the reason why they wanted it extended was so that um, clubs could put like say Super yeah. Bowl style um, shows on. As for uh, why it's rejected, I don't know. It ju- just they just saw the headline saying that the cl- uh, the major like powers that be have said no. Fair enough. I mean, I must admit, mate, I thought this would be a very good point for an uh, amusing couple of comments, right? So, <laughs> on uh, anyone who was is what listening from the Facebook group, which I know there's quite a lot of you do, so uh, always keep an eye on there. But yeah, anyway, um, so there was a number of comments, and I, I've got a lot, so I'm, I'm just going to probably pick out some of the best ones. So if I don't read yours out, then I apologise. But uh, so uh, Jack Vernon uh, might just be able to get a pipe before the second half if they did that. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hold your breath, Jack. No, they'll just put less people working. Oh, they've got more time. They need like, oh, we don't need as much staff then. <laughs> uh, to t- tell you what, though, mate. In fairness, the Stoke obviously was on the supporters council, and we, we discussed this one of the topics. And I can't say too much because it'll come out in the minutes. But um, staffing is a real big problem. Uh, it's not just Stoke. It's it's across. I mean, I work in recruitment. I've been in recruitment for 11 years and it's a very tough market right now. So I think it's not down to Stoke not wanting staff. It's about not Stoke not being able to get staff, let's be honest. Um, so, you know, I, I can't hit them over the head with that one. Um, Robbie Williams, uh, so Tom Maller. Uh, Robbie Williams, fail fan I know. So instead of him providing entertainment, we just hail abuse his way. <laughs> Quite like that, Tom. Um, Ray Fuller, not a come up, uh, funny one, but yeah, it never ceases to amaze me how quickly the halftime break goes. However, I would not like to increase it. If they did, I may consider joining the Bovril crew. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, Brooklyn Keane prefer queuing up for a beer and moaning about how we should be 3 0 up. Uh, so look. Oh, yeah, Stephen Brain, that was one of my favourites. Uh, 25 minutes, shock face. Uh, that's enough to drive home, defrost, and, and drive back. And one of my <laughs> comments was, well, in that stadium, you do have to literally defrost, don't you? It's uh, it's pretty, pretty mad. Um, golden goal was David Oak's suggestion to fill that 25 minutes. One of my, one of my other favourites as, as well, these next two. Uh, free oat cakes, so bacon, cheese, and tomato in particular. That Tim Probin said that one. And a free right pie. And I must admit, I did reply back, I'm pretty sure, on that one, and said that um, just don't drip the melted cheese if it's a naked uh, oat cakes uh, making class. You know, that melted cheese might stink a little bit. Um, and then Chris Machin uh, wanted a karaoke. I did ask him if he was going to, uh, you know, put his hand up for it, but apparently not. Just part-time, basically. Part-time Stoke fan if you're not going to sing karaoke at half-time. <coughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, so I thought some some really funny comments, and there are all a hell of a lot more, but I just thought I'd, uh, I'd highlight those. So thanks, everyone, for, for getting in touch. It's always good. Um, so, um, Blackburn this weekend. Um, now, I must admit, Dan, you did my research for me by sending me a nice uh, couple of bits over earlier on, so I thank you for this. So as I said earlier, uh, Blackburn are just one point behind us in the table despite a bad uh, result versus Bristol. We've still had our best start to a season since we got relegated. And where we get the first goal, typically we do win, and I think it's only Bournemouth and Fulham that actually have a better record when we take leading games. So I think it's really important we try and get that that kind of first goal. I was surprised that's, to see that stat. The, I was going to say, that is an amazing stat when you consider it. How often it feels like we throw the lead away to lose. It shows how many other teams do it then, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah. If only Bournemouth and Fulham have got better record. Um, I mean, Blackburn, I think you've already touched on this. They've only suffered one loss in the last six, uh, but a win ratio away of 33%. They've only won one of their last seven away. But the last three visits to Stoke, and this way it's not so great, but the last three visits to Stoke, they've won two of them. Um, ben Brayton of Blackburn is their main goal-scoring threat, six in the last five games. Three of the last four goals came in the second half of games, which historically has been our Achilles heel, that second half. So, mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not not great, mate. Um, ben Brayton, please correct me. Um, Stoke ties, if I'm not mistaken. Born and bred in Stoke. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And was on our books until we released him when he was 16 and said he wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must admit, how, how many players have been released from yeah, every exactly. club have, have always gone on to do something? There's always one. And to be fair, at the time, we were an established top 10 Premier League club. So there you go. He's not a Premier League player, so we, we, made, we made the right decision at that point. Fair yeah. enough, no problem. Um, now, a couple of things to probably highlight, key highlights about this kind of head-to-head or, or kind of key stats. So, suspensions, really interesting. We talk about not having enough players right now. Ostergaard, yeah. Wilmot, and Josh Timon are one card away from a suspension, which compounded with injuries, if those, if, if well, obviously if one of them gets it, it's bad. If we get a couple of yellow cards at the weekend in those positions, which are very, very likely, let's be honest, we're in some serious trouble for the game afterwards. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> we've got 46 yellow cards this season now, which is actually more than any other club in the league. <laughs> oh, <God. sighs> listen, mate, if, you t- if you think, if you've got Ostergaard, Wilmot and time and get banned, who do we put in defence? Uh, me, you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, lots um, of volunteers, mate. Uh, genuinely, yeah. right. We'll have Danny Bath, 
Um, yeah, James so Chester. That, yeah. But oh. where 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 are the wing backs? Doughty'd have to go in. Yes, yeah, so we, Doughty, literally... Doughty going for timing. Yeah. And uh, who else have we? <laughs> so, exactly, yeah, we're Will, scraping Will Mott... the barrel here. Yeah, so Ostergaard's got a booking. Wilmot's come on and got a booking as well. So they've got nobody playing on the right-hand side. I think we'd have to go 4 4 two. But then again, but we can't go 4 4 two because we haven't got a proper left-back. Morgan Fox. Yes. Morgan Fox. Yeah, 4-4-2. Smith. Smith, Chester Fox. Doughty on the left. Tom Ince on the right. Get him in the side. <laughs> Yeah, but there again, though, there again, what are we doing? We're changing the team dramatically, not yeah. just one player, dramatically. And we know that that does not bode well for results. So, again, they're obviously going to get banned at some point. They're not going to be able to go like this forever. We've just got to hope we can get some players back before they do. Um, yeah, so, think... that's something to look out for anyone who's, who's listening. Look out for those three players and hope they don't get booked. Yeah, because I think the the cutoff point isn't exactly around the corner either. I think it's like another another three weeks or something like that before the um, the cutoff weight goes to ten bookings before you get a suspension. Right. Okay. I maybe so. I may be wrong on that, but I'm sure, I think I saw something like just before Christmas where if you get a booking, but if you get a fifth booking after that, then you're all right. It's like ten bookings for a suspension then. Um, okay. Well. But I mean, think about, like, sorry, well, no, sorry, carry on. But it's like, um, like I say, Wilmoth, that that there, because the, the manager will know this. He might not be keeping tabs on it directly, but I'm sure somebody will be informing him of, of this. And especially at the minute when we're so light on numbers, he might want to play Wilmoth in the midfield in this game on Saturday. But he then might feel that he can't do because if him and Ostergaard both pick up Dukins, He's got no third centre back for the next game, so it's like it's already possibly affecting his selections. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think well, again we'll come on to games, but I'm pretty sure it's QPR away after. I mean that's no mean feat, mate. So we we yeah we'll worry about that in a minute. But yeah, it's 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 interesting. The one referee, and I think back now. So I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, the referee who's, who's managing this game is the one where we beat West Brom. And yes. I don't remember him making any stupid decisions. I don't think there was many stupid decisions for him to make. I think we just really handled the game well. But do you do you remember any dodgy decisions he made, or was he just a pretty steady ref? I mean, you you could potentially call giving us a penalty a stupid decision, seeing as we can never convert them. <laughs> yeah, play on. That's for the better lads. You're not going to be a spot kick. But yeah, um, in in essence of his actual performance, I think he did quite well in that game, and it's quite. Um, good on our part that that is possibly the best game that we've well, I say possibly, I think it's quite to a man that is our best game this season um, and our best performance by far, so he obviously let us flow and let us play our game um, we've probably, we, well, I'll say probably we have changed our style haven't we since that game, we are a lot more sort of physical and you know, we've picked up the last four games we've picked up a eighteen yellow eighteen yellow cards and two reds since that Cardiff game. So there's obviously been a turn in attitude, and they've obviously tried to be a bit more physical, tried to be a bit more um, professional in inverted commas, as in your know, game management and all that, and breaking play off with your know, tactical fouls, time wasting. Yeah. Do, do a, we do a lot more of that now. So 
he was a very good referee for his dad. I mean, I think he sort of booked Surridge in that game, didn't he, for coming together with Sam Johnston at the end. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I think I think Surridge was was probably doing a bit of game management there himself. And obviously, he did correctly book Adam Davies for handball uh, when he sort of just went wandering out of his penalty area. Yeah, it wasn't a close still, decision, that was it? Yeah, I, I still, I still makes me chuckle now. I think, what was he doing? Um, but yeah, because at the time, I was thinking, when it first happened, I thought it got a red card, but obviously, checking the rules and that, he got it spot on. Um, so yeah, and I think, um, like I say, he gives a penalty, so he's obviously. He'll do it for us. He'll <laughs> do for yeah. me. We'll um, take the things out, mate. We'll get a, another penalty. He'll, he'll do it again, and we'll we'll miss it again, won't we? Let's be honest. <laughs> I think he's, <laughs> he's got. He's done thirteen championship matches this season. Uh, he's got uh, three red cards. He's given out and fifty-two um, yellows. So he's averaging like four <laughs> yellows a game. Which, Jesus. Uh, which having a look is just under. But he's only about seven or eight cards off being the. The most prolific yellow card man, like you know, in the in the division. So we'll have to keep our uh, keep our toes on that one. We might be seeing some of these suspensions. Looking at this, but uh, I think they'll just yeah. forfeit the game, mate. That's just forfeit. <laughs> that's the, the by the way that, that that penalty he gave to us. That's the only penalty he's given this season. He's learned yeah. his lesson then, didn't he? I'm, I'm not going going wrong here. This is the one where um, Surridge dived. Yeah. He, no, no, he didn't dive, did he? The oh, he did, no, didn't he? He did. Yeah, no, he took him out the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper, the goalkeeper <laughs> took his leg, didn't he? And he went down. Yeah, you okay. You can't call that a dive, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mate. Look, look, yeah, I'll give. Oh, I'll give you that. I think it was a. It was a very. It was a very uh, good. He, he uh, yeah, knew what okay. he was doing. He, he knew that if he, the goalkeeper was coming, if he took it to the side, I mean, the goalkeeper would clatter into his leg, and that's what exactly what happened. Exactly he left happened, his yeah. leg there, and the goalkeeper was daft enough to make contact with it. Yeah, of course it was. Okay, no worries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, we, as, as I mentioned earlier on, the very intro, uh, we've got some audio from the uh, the Rovers camp. So uh, Ryan from the Rovers Chat Podcast and YouTube channel got in touch with us uh, just to give his thoughts on uh, this weekend. So Ryan, uh, thank you very much, and let's have a quick listen to see uh, what he makes of the weekend. Hi there, it's Ryan Hildred from the Rovers Chat YouTube channel and website, just giving you a bit of a lowdown on Rovers and what you can expect on Saturday for the game against Stoke City. Um, in terms of the season so far, uh, the way to sum it up is uh, a nice surprise and at times fun. Um, I think we were all expecting a season of transition really this season and certainly my pre-season prediction was us down in 18th place. Um, Lost Adam Armstrong, obviously, to Southampton. Harvey Elliott went back on loan to Liverpool and lost players like Elliott Bennett at the end of their contract. So there seemed to just be a bit of um, a lot of quality leaving the squad and a bit of experience leaving the squad as well. But um, fair play to our squad this season. Lots of young lads um, have really gelled together. And obviously the talisman, Ben Brereton, who um, has just taken the fairy tale and the kind of weird story at first with the whole chilly thing. And it's absolutely transformed him as a player. You know, 16 goals in the championship this season is just amazing and a complete turnaround for a player that's uh, that at times has, has been really maligned by the fans. So it's really nice to see. We've got a close-knit squad clearly playing for each other. And it's just one of them now where as fans, you're just kind of enjoying the ride. And it's certainly a nice surprise for us. And, you know, just take it gay by, game, guy, game by game and um, and see where we end up kind of in the new year because we do like a bit of a new year crumble. So we're just watching that a little bit as fans. 
terms of style of play, um, certainly we're a side that enjoys less possession this season compared to last season. We were one of the, the highest possession sides last season, um, but we've reverted a little bit this season. I think we're bottom of the possession table overall in the championship this season. And we really do play on the counter-attack using players like Tyrese Dolan, Ben Brereton, Joe Rothwell to really drive up the pitch quickly if we can. So much more of a counter-attacking style. Um, we're not peppering teams with shots on target or anything like that. So, you know, we are taking our chances when they do come. So we, we have developed a bit of a clinical edge in that sense. Um, key players that you obviously should be watching out for, you know, Ben Brereton is bang in form. I think it's 11 goals in 11 games or something like that. So he is clearly in form and obviously coming from Stoke as well. There's there's that that little factor to um, to obviously play into it as well. Joe Rothwell is just a, a unique player at this level. There's not many that I see do what he does on a football pitch, um, particularly the ability to just drive from deep. Uh, and just make something out of nothing. So if the game is nil-nil and, and nothing much is happening, you can guarantee that he'll pick the ball up and, and just really run with it and, and make something happen. So he's certainly one to watch out for. Uh, John Buckley is a man emerged this season for Rovers. You know, he's come through our academy and he's one of the first names on the team sheet now. Classy midfield player, uh, links the play really well, got a good eye for a pass and and can get a good assist as well. So look out for those three, I would suggest. Um Formation-wise, I think we'll match you up uh, with the wing-backs. Mowbray does tend to, to match teams up who do play wing-backs. I think he's always worried about wing-backs getting forward and pinning us back. So we played wing-backs on Wednesday night against Peterborough because they did. Uh, so I'd expect the same at Stoke as well. Um, and in terms of my thoughts on the game uh, and my thoughts on Stoke, you know, first and foremost, Stoke is a tough place to go. You know, your home form this season has been impressive with just the one defeat which was to Bournemouth um, and your home form is very similar to us. So I'm expecting a really tough game. I am buoyed a little bit by the players that you've got missing. Obviously, Harry Souter missing, uh, Joe Allen with the suspension. You know, big players are missing for you. So I'm hoping that Rovers can just take advantage of that a little bit. And our form overall is pretty good. So if I'm pushed for a prediction, I fancy Rovers um, to snatch a 2-1 victory just to take advantage of maybe one one game too far for Stoke with some of those key players missing. You know, we are going into this game, um, aside from Daniel Ayala and obviously the long-term injury to Bradley Dack, you know, we're going into this game in a fairly healthy position and in fairly good form. So, yeah, 2-1 Rovers, I'm predicting. And it's written for Ben Brereton to score at Stoke, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, thank you. Ryan, thank you very much for that, mate. Much appreciated. Really, really good in-depth overview. So appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, it sounds to me then, Dan, that you know they're having a, a pretty decent season, pretty decent start to the season, and, and one that they're probably um, weren't quite expecting to be so uh, good at the minute. A lot of young players kind of coming in, and if anything, actually, in so many respects, they probably have a, a very similar kind of view of as us really i mean i don't think we were hoping that we were going to be in the top six but i don't think we expected to be in the top six right now um and you know i think they're, they're very much close behind us with young players so yeah very, very similar in some ways but yeah ryan thank you um again for the audio mate much appreciated uh i think as uh, again we, we mentioned ben Brayton earlier on but quite clearly uh he is the one of the main men we need to keep an eye on and no no doubt he'll he'll probably bag one i don't yeah it should well, be interesting he's... He's got a point to prove, hasn't he? He got released by yes. the club. He's not played against us yet. Um, well, in this, you know, since he's got this sort of form going, he's not sort of um, 
you know, coming up against us now where he's in this top form. He's a hero in Chile. Which <laughs> um, is amazing. Is that a really. restaurant, mate, or is that the country? <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy, like, his whole story, isn't it? You know, like, he's a Ben Briers and Diaz and all that, and they've really taken to him over there, and obviously it's it's, it's it's a nice story for football, that is, and obviously, you know, it's unfortunate that it's, that we didn't sort of like keep him around, but like you say, it was a different time in this club as well, we were at a different stage where we are now, and I'm sure if he was if he was coming through our ranks now, we'd, we'd keep him around, but um, yeah, he's he's definitely in form and probably looking to bag himself at least one of the weekend just to just to say to you know whoever's still around who was around then, you know he should have kept me on. Yeah, as long as it's not bagging two or three bait to make a real point, that'd be nice. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. anyway, <laughs> you uh, made your point, Brent. So yeah, yeah, you made your point. You can stop at three. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> but anyway, Peter yeah. Thor, so, we're not uh, applaud you. <laughs> oh no, no, he's no Peter Thorne, mate. <laughs> we haven't had a striker who's fit to lace Peter Thorne's boots. We know that. Even Ricardo <laughs> Fuller isn't fit to replace to to lace up them boots. I'm afraid. Although a lot of people probably won't agree with me because they, you know, probably not seen Peter Thorne in, in action really, which is fair enough because it was quite some time ago now. But um, but yeah, anyway. So uh, Graham McGarry, uh, I love the Graham. So he's back to winning ways. He predicted a 2-0 win versus uh, Peterborough last week. So uh, I thought that was quite good. It's about time, uh, Graham. Yeah, you've been losing your touch, mate. Um, so uh, let's have a quick listen to see uh, what Graham's prediction is uh, for Blackburn. Hi there, it's Graham McGarry again with your Potter's prediction for this weekend. Things didn't go particularly well in midweek for Stoke. As they headed to Ashton Gate, full of hope, but they come back empty-handed. While Blackburn Rovers, their opponents this weekend, hit four goals at home to Peterborough. I do feel that the injuries are costing Stoke at the moment. They've also lost Joe Allen through a sending off, and the squad is being really stretched. They're up against a Blackburn side who know how to score goals. Unfortunately, the Potters fans, today is the day that we can't give you a positive prediction. It's Stoke 1, Blackburn Rovers 2. Uh, Graham, you do know you're meant to predict Stoke wins, mate. Um, I don't think you've actually predicted a loss all season. So, yeah, well done on that. That's really positive. Thanks, mate. Hmm. <laughs> I think you're on the wrong podcast here. It's supposed to be a positive one. No, it's not, anyway. You're not commenting, commenting on Buddy Crew or Vale here, mate. Come on. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, look, that's good. It's a bit more positive. I mean, not overly. Because I'm going to say that I, I think it's going to be 1-1. I do. I think I think we're going to get a draw and I would take a point. After losing midweek, I don't want back-to-back defeats. It is going to be a tough game. As Graham says there, you know, we've got a lot of injuries. We've got a lot of players out. We've already discussed that. And I'd be quite happy, I think, with a point. So I'm going to say one all. So what, what do you think, Mike? 2-1 Blackburn. <laughs> oh my lord, he's even falling in the defeats. <laughs> Is there no shame to you, man? <laughs> no, no shame, mate. You know, hey, he's, he's uh, if he's returning to winning form in terms of predictions, I'm going to go with that. Um, <laughs> actually, do, do I go two one? Let me have a think about this. Was it two or three? <laughs> I, I just, I, I wish I could see us winning, mate. I just don't. I don't. I just don't have a good feeling about it. I, I, 
I don't know. I'm open wrong. I'm going to stick with 2-1 Blackburn. And I think that might be one of the first times I think I predicted us to lose this season. I think so. Yes. I think even yeah, when we be. went to Fulham, we were we were sort of riding a bit of a crest of a wave, weren't we, <laughs> when we played them? We, we thought we'd do well. Yeah, so, so it shows how positive we try and be, but never mind. Anyway, great. With all joking aside, mate, thank you very much for your prediction. Um, much I'm actually, Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, ho- I hope you're wrong. Um, but, yeah, we'll soon see. So, obviously, we've got the predictions, Dan. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we went, again, a couple of polls for fan results for the actual weekend. So, um, Twitters and Facebook are going, going head-to-head. I'd like to do the head-to-head, see what the kind of difference is in... in uh, in thoughts, really. So Twitter, 50% people think Stoke will win. 27% have gone for a draw and 23% have gone for Blackburn. The tides have turned a little bit there, mate. Who had in, I think they had like a 97% um, win ratio or something <laughs> last week. So uh, in fairness to them, the 97% were correct. You know, Peterborough game, but still. Uh, Facebook, uh, a little bit more positive. Not by much, but uh, 64% think of Stoke win. Uh, 10% have gone draw. But again, 25% have gone Blackburn. Um, so yeah, um, the optimism has dropped off a little bit, not, I guess, surprisingly considering the game the other night, but, um, in fairness, yeah, we'll see how, how we get on. Um, and I mean, we, I think you were asked this on the podcast, um, for, for Blackburn earlier that I, I was watching Dan, but we, we've obviously got Blackburn. We're away to QPR after that. We're at home to Middlesbrough and away to Coventry. I mean, again, some, some tough games there really, uh, not. I mean, teams that you wouldn't think we could beat, but still tough games considering our injuries and suspensions. So from Blackburn, QPR, Middlesbrough and Coventry, how many points do you think we're going to get? Well, it depends how many players we've got available <laughs> come the end of it. The under-15s um, will play, mate, if we need to, don't worry. Um, I think we will get five points from those uh-huh. games. I think we'll have a it's win. Five from twelve. Yeah, a win, a couple of draws, and a defeat. And bear in mind that they are four four teams who we don't really want to lose to, do we? Because no. they're all chasing the playoffs. Well, so, who 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 are beating them, mate? Are you going that we're going to beat? I can't remember what your prediction was. Are you going Blackburn? Are you for the win? I no, I think we'll get a point. Um, I think we'll get a point on Saturday. I think we'll. The defeat, I think, will be QPR the week after, because just because it's QPR and we just don't, we whatever can go wrong there, <laughs> generally go wrong. Um, yeah, I think we'll beat Middlesbrough, and I think uh, we'll go and get a point at Coventry. Fair enough. Okay, yeah, I can't really argue too much with that. In fairness, but as much as I'm giving you stick for it, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think five points. I don't know what that'll do to the table. We all know what this table's, this division's like. I think five points would probably put us out of the top six, to be honest. It's um, a long season, though. It's a long it is. season. And it you've is, got mate. A, yeah. It's like 46 games in. You know, that, that's when you go, that's when you want to be in the top six. You know, 90, 90 plus minutes, 46 games into the season. You're going to be up. You're going to be down. Like you said, like you said earlier on, you know, we could be third, fifth, ninth, sixth. It can all change week to week. And I think all you've got to think of is if we're not losing to these teams the next four games, we're not losing ground on them. Even if we draw in, we're staying at the same gap as we were with them before and we're not giving yep. them points on us. 
Yeah, yeah, fair enough. No, no arguments here, mate. Uh, okay, Dan. In terms of um, kind of you know team selection, we've been talking about you know the walking wounded and and how many people we don't really have to choose from. But uh, who are you kind of bringing in this weekend? I guess it's a bit of a tricky one. But what what's your immediate thoughts on who's coming in? Well, I think obviously the goalkeeper picks himself done to the defence. Seem to be steady enough, amazingly, considering we you know certain somebody's in there. So they sort of, you know, no need to change that because the gaping hole we've got really is in, in midfield, isn't it? It's, yeah. you know, who, who's going to play? You know, obviously, Vrancic, if he's fit, is going to be playing. Obviously, he went off in midweek, seemed to get a kick. Hopefully, he's going to be able to play because I don't know what we're going to do if he can't. But to me, I think we've got two options. We either move Josh Tymon into midfield, drop Romain Sawyers a little bit deeper and have him sort of as a deep-line playmaker kind of role, have Tymon's legs in front of him and Vrancic's obviously that quality on the ball and that, and bring Alfie Doughty in on the left as left wing-back. Or we bring Ben Wilmot in as a defensive midfielder which is a position he's played for, you know, Udinese, Watford before. So he's not he's not as versed to play there. He's you know, he's done the role there in you know proper you know professional games and that you know first team games. So he you know he does know what he's doing. Is um, the problem with that what we said earlier though, Dan, about the the, the, whole booking, the, the booking situation? So, Especially if he's coming in cold after a few weeks out, if he picks yeah. up an early booking, what does that do to Ostergaard then as well as Ostergaard then thinking oh. Because he'll know, you know, I'm sure you'll, well, I can't forget boot now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If he gets in that scenario where he either has to stop a defender or let him go, <laughs> it's a very, very quick decision to make in the heat of the moment. So, yeah, yeah I think, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, to me, timing's played very well when he's played. I know he's only not for long and, you know, only in cup games and stuff, he's sort of done it. But to me, when he's been, when he's been utilised in the central midfield, I think he's done quite well. Uh, I like his legs and his energy in there. I think that's something we can really do with. It's something we're probably lacking, to be honest, at the minute. Um, so I, I, I'd be quite happy to move him in there. And it gives Alfie Doughty there, it gives him a proper chance to to make a bit of a statement and then remind people, you know, wow, what, what a good player he is. Um, probably to show us what a good player he is. Because uh, yep. he hasn't been able really to do that. I mean, I think that'd be. I think if he starts on Saturday, is that his first league start? Am I, am I wrong with that? I, I think can't think so. Of I think it was a cup game. I think he started, wasn't it? Yeah, he started a few. He started a couple of the cup games, didn't he? Yeah, uh, I don't I think he started remember. the league. No, I can't remember him doing one. So, I mean, if 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 he has, it's only going to be one, maybe two. So, he's, but he's definitely give him the opportunity. Get the manager, you know, speaking in his ear. Use their man management skills of O'Neill's, getting fired up for it. Um, get Josh Timon in the centre where he can sort of he can affect the play more from there as well. He isn't just on the wing, is he? Um, yeah. I think that's the big call for me. I, that's what I'd do. Well, Protect- who are you having up front then? Well, this is it. Again, it's, it's whoever's fit. I mean, <laughs> I think uh. Fletcher. <sighs> Jacob Brown's played a lot this season and He's, I think, the last international break. He's usually recharging his batteries around then, isn't he? and you know probably stepping off the gas a little bit because of he's he's such a high 
you know, high intensity play when he's on the field that he probably needs those couple of weeks every, you know, every now and again just to, you know, just to recharge himself. He obviously didn't get that with Scotland, if anything. He's probably used more energy with Scotland, even probably emotionally as well as physically. It's probably going to take it out of him. I don't think he's been quite the same in the last few weeks. I, so you're I thinking give him Tyrese a rest. here, aren't you? I give Tyrese the start. And I'm not saying that I think he's on fire or that he's leaving, leaving the manager with no option not to start him. I just think it gives Brown the chance to just um, take a bit of a rest and recharge his batteries because we've got a lot of big games coming up. Hopefully Fletcher gets over that knock. Sort of went over on his ankle, didn't he, at Bristol? It did look quite, it looked quite nasty. Hopefully that doesn't sort of seize up over the next few days and, and uh, rule him out because then we are sort of a bit stuffed, aren't we? Um, yep. But yeah, I would I would go with Fletcher and Campbell, and then like I say, if Campbell's struggling, if he's not quite getting into the game, we've got Jacob Brown come on, and we know that Jacob Brown, you know, will he'll come in and have an impact one way or another, won't he? Even if it's just you know harassing the centre halves and that, and put you know yeah. forcing the play. Uh, what I do think we need is probably we need another forward on the bench, especially with um, with Fletcher. Obviously, with Fletcher's injury there, we, I'd hate to make a substitute with Campbell, bring Campbell off, and then Fletcher's injury go, and we haven't got another forward to bring on if we're chasing the game. So I think we knew there's other. I think was it Doug Taylor, the lad in the under twenty threes, he scored a hat trick in like seven minutes in the week. His confidence is going to be flying. Put him on the bench. And because obviously, if we need him, we can put him on. Not saying I'm not saying get this lad in the first team, you know, every week or the squad every week. But right now, we need. I think you need to make sure you've got attacking options on the bench. And it wouldn't. It's not going to hurt at all to have that lad on the bench. No, no, it's not, mate. And I, you know, I can't, I can't disagree with um, any of those selections you've mentioned there, mate. You pretty much have taken the words out of my mouth. So no, I totally agree. And I think Tyrese will. We'll do that harrowing and chasing down. Um, you know, again, he's he's going to want a, you know, not not to prove a point because we, we Tarry's knows he know, he knows that we know he's good enough. Um, so you know, he's not going to do it for that. But he showed, I think, when he came on the other night that he, he will chase and harry down. So I think he will he will replace t- um, t- well Jacob before long anyway. So yeah, no arguments from me, mate. That selection is pretty much what I'll go for as well. Um, and it's that time of the week again. So uh, I say again, mate, it's been been some time, but it uh, is very much time for this week's quiz. So, uh, yeah, so in terms of the, the quiz for this week, I did say get the pens uh, at the ready so you can test your, your own knowledge at home. Uh, whenever I do these, I'm always conscious that when we put the poll out on Twitter or Facebook. Um, I mean, I know the options were Etherington and Thorne, I think uh, you gave, Dan, uh, in, in the week, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm always conscious that I was, I was right. It wasn't much in it, was there? A few percent? No, no. Which which one is, uh, shall we just do Peter? Obviously, Matthew Etherington won, didn't he? But shall we just do Peter Thorne next week? Call it now. Yeah, why not? You, might, you know, it gives you time to cheat and do all, you know, your, your research <laughs> ahead of time, obviously. Um so yeah, we'll, we'll do we'll do Peter Thorne next week. But uh, yeah, I always try and do these quizzes and find stuff that I always like to give you a couple of easy ones, but then find stuff that might catch you out. So okay, um, so are you ready for your question um, one? I am ready. 
Okay, so nice and easy. How old is Matthew Edmonton? What now? Now. Ooh. Uh, we signed, right, okay. We signed him. You've got a 10-second clock. I'm not having any of this. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. I, I would have... Uh, what, what are you, well, how much are you giving me? What range am I getting on this? Zero. Wild question. I, I want, it, I want his exact Yeah. I, I reckon he was born about 1980. I think he was about 28 when we signed him. That makes sounds about right. Maybe a bit younger. Maybe one year. Maybe 27. Yeah, so we were 27 when we signed him, which was 81, which means, oh, 82, when I say 82, 81, 82, we were born. Uh, I'm going to say he's 40, 40, 40. Oh, come on, if you got Google out, what's going on here? <laughs> I haven't got Google out, no. Come on, 40, yeah, I'll give you that, go on then. I'm definitely going to put a time, just, time limit on these. I even showed you my workings, man. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, okay, question two. <laughs> How many games did Matty Edmonton play for the club? Oh. And I'll give you a, a, le- a levy of three. <laughs> three. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Um, one, two, one, two, three, four, four seasons. It was injured a little bit, half a season as well. Um, I'm going to say a hundred and... 40. Unfortunately not, mate. It's actually a bit more. 153. Oh, I'm happy yeah. with that. It's close enough. Scored, um, I'm not going to tell you how many scored because that's one of the bloody questions. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, yeah, unfortunately you didn't get that one. Um, how many international appearances did he collect throughout his entire career? Not just it for the England first team, his entire career. Like under-21s as well? Under-21s, under-19. I think he played under-21 under 18s and a couple of others as well so a bit more of a yeah. guesstimate i think this one mate i'm gonna say he was quite a little prodigy when he was younger wasn't him and simon davis and they both got sold by peterborough to tottenham at a young age uh, so i'm gonna say uh, 18. oh unlucky mate no not quite but not far 14. oh okay not bad at all. Um, so he chose to join Spurs in 1999, but what team did he have a trial with before choosing them? Oh, so he was at Peterborough and he had a trial with this other club before signing for Spurs. Correct. Uh, um, I'm not going. I'm, I'm don't no idea. Uh, for fun, I'm just going to say Arsenal. No, Man United. Man United. Yeah, he turned them down for Spurs. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, Matty Edmonton signed from Stoke from West Ham for uh, sorry in, in Jan 20, 2009. But how much was the transfer fee? Right, I know him and James Beattie both came at the same time, didn't they? And I think it was quite... It was, well, it was a bargain regardless. I'm stuck between two million and three and a half. I'm going to say two. Was it two million pounds? Correct. Good. Yeah. Well done, mate. Two million. I think BT was. I think BT was three and a half. Like you said, mate. What a bargain. Two million quid. Yeah. Um. Okay. But what team did he face in his debut for Stoke? Uh. Oh, was was that his debut? I remember the Manchester City game. Where he it was two days beat. later. It's any help? It was two days later. Two days later. Oh, I think that Man City game was a few days. I think that was 
was it? I'm going to say Manchester City because I remember him putting the cross in for BC's header, but I'm not sure if it was his debut, but I can't remember. It wasn't. Liverpool was his debut. Oh, right, okay. But what was the scoreline? Nil-nil. Correct. Well done. I know it was nil-nil because we were the only side to ever, um, the only promoted team not to concede a goal to Liverpool home and away in the first season up and they lost the title by one point that season and we <laughs> drew both games nil nil <laughs> love it unlucky um, you know what I found quite amusing about the Liverpool fans as well is they waited all them years to see Liverpool win the league and then they couldn't actually do a open buzz uh, or, or actually see them lift the trophy <laughs> it's, really, it's really cruel really but oh <laughs> Imagine waiting all that time and not being able to see your team actually lift the trophy in person. That must have been harrowing. Can you imagine if they don't do it now for another forty or fifty years? I'm sure they will. But can you imagine if they didn't? <laughs> oh, that's, what, that's why I'm glad. That's why I'm glad we never win anything because we haven't. We can't miss out on these things. Then. <laughs> um, okay. Next one. Question eight. <laughs> uh, Everton was sent off in his fifth game for the club, but what ex-Stoke player did he kick out at that saw him see red? I was there, Danny Collins, Sundown. Danny Collins, well done, mate. You, you, you're saving a bit of face here now. You, you're getting there. Um, Everton made it to 100 appearances for the club in February of 2012. But what team was it against? Ooh. Uh, Everton? Random guess. I'm, I'm going to give you a hint. It's a team that's in the championship with us right now. Oh, right, OK. Um, so it could be West Brom. West Brom. Oh, unlucky, mate. It's close in, in, the, in the table. Fulham. Fulham. Yeah. And question 10. How many goals did he score for Stoke in total? Okay, 150 games. Yeah, 150 games. He wasn't a massive goal scorer. He was much more creative, wasn't he? I'm going to stay four seasons, probably three, uh, three seasons. About... 13, 14, 14. Oh, mate, so close. 16. Oh. Unlucky that, unlucky. So, in total, 1, 2, 3, 4 out of 10. I was, I was close on a lot of them numbers. You were, you were. You were close, yeah. mate. It's, uh, it's a good, good go in that. <laughs> okay, well, um, that about kind of brings us to the end of the pod. Hopefully everybody enjoyed uh, the uh, the quiz. Again, we'll be back next week with uh, this time a Peter Thorne quiz and all the normal kind of news uh, and kind of clues around uh, the fixture, which uh, obviously at that point will be, well, QPR. So, um, yeah, um, Dan, thank you very, very much uh, for joining me, mate. Always good to hear from you. Never. It's always a pleasure. And, yeah, we'll catch everyone next week. Have a really great week, guys. See you soon. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.